when when we hit the tree and they took me out of the car and they um, had me on on the stretcher, this the officer grabbed my hand and it was actually probably the first time um, that I can recognize the transfer of energy, like real energy um, from human to human. Like, you know, your mother gives you a hug, your woman gives you a hug, your man gives you a hug, your children gives you a hug. You know, that means something. What's going on, family? Welcome to another episode of the Traffic Sales and Profit Show. My name is Lamar Tyler. I'm your host. And if you're a black entrepreneur looking for ways to grow and scale your company or looking for keys to unlock the next level of wealth, you're in the right space. And today we got a very special guest, music executive, author, right? And the man of the hour, Mr. Benny P. What's going on? How you doing, Lamar? I'm doing excellent. And I'm, I'm thankful for you being here okay. because there's so much I want to talk to you about, right? Everything from, I feel like this conversation is going to touch on um, business. Yes. It's going to touch on music. Yes. It's going to touch on life. Because yes. you've had some life circumstances uh-huh. that have you know, been awakening mm-hmm. and made you view things differently. Um, I want to talk about team. I want to talk about you know, the people we put around us and just so many different things. Um, but again, first, just welcome, man. I'm excited to have you here. Man, listen, I, after all of that, <laughs> I don't know where to start, <laughs> but I, I am very appreciative and I think um, what's important, I mean, for your audience to know is uh, how impressed I am with you. Thank you. Especially being a young man. And I think the first time I met you, uh, you was telling me about, you know, you and your wife had put this whole thing together. And I'd walked into an amazing production that you was putting on. And I was like, how old are you? Right? But I think when you were, were introing, leading into team, you, you actually have figured out the recipe on how to put it together to make it work. So thank you for having me here, man. Thank you, thank you. So um, a lot of people know you as an extremely successful music executive, mm-hmm. right? Um, started industry young and, and blew up. So let's, let's start there, right? Um, how did you get into the music industry? Man, I'm probably one of the only people who never had a desire to be in the music business. Like if you wow. think about it, most people would give up their kids, they long, definitely sell out one family me- member, a cousin or somebody, right? To get an opportunity to be in. Uh, while I was in college, I was a stand-up comedian. I went to St. John's University in Queens and um, the young lady who was the regional director of promotions for Motown Records booked me for a show at the Cellar on 96 in Amsterdam, Uptown, um, New York. And at the end of the show, she asked me what my plans. I hadn't even put together my resume. Back then, we used to actually write our resumes out. And she's like, why don't you come on down and be my intern? Prior to that, my background was sales. So I sold cutlery door-to-door, fax machines, uh, sold Citibank's. uh, I I sold cutlery, too. Did you cut coke? Cut coke, come man, on, come on. Man. That's why you out here hot. I'm telling yes, you. Yes, sir. They don't understand. That's man, a real, I tell you, over, that's something different, over bro. Over the years, I found a secret society of highly successful people come on. that came through them cut coke doors. Because I, I, if I could sell you a $500 dollar set, set of knives to black folks in the hood, come on, baby. That's crazy. Yo, that's nuts. That is absolutely nuts. But um, so having that background, you realize it's always about what you can do and what you think you can do and put action forward to get it done. So when she asked me, 
um, did I want to be an intern where we're from? Nobody ever. I didn't even know what an intern was. But as a salesman, yeah, I can do that. Once I get there, I'll figure it out. Yeah, right? exactly. So um, I went down to Motown Records, uh, my three-piece suit, um, briefcase, wingtips, because that's what I was used to. But more importantly, realizing when I walked into the company, record companies then and now were more like tech companies. Like people mm. yeah, were like yeah, yeah. this, cool, suave. And I'm like, everyone looked at me like either he's on the wrong floor <laughs> or he's definitely the FBI. And that was my entry point into the music business. That's good. So in the music business, um, your career moved, you know, rather quickly, you would say. And, and I'm, I'm always interested in this because you've held positions, executive vice president at Epic, right? President of Rock Nation. Mm -hmm. Um, where a lot of people, that would be the pinnacle of what, like my goal one day would be mm -hmm. to get to this point and retire. For you, was that always, once you got into the business, was it always the vision to have positions like that? Or did you always know like, okay, that's like, did they just kind of naturally happen? Did you intentionally move towards them? Like, like what did that path look like? So actually it was different. Um, my journey was really slow in the grand scheme of things because I lasted 30 years. Most people mm -hmm. don't. And black executives, definitely do not last um, as long as as I have. And there are other fortunate people who do, but you know, I never compromised my integrity. I never mm. compromised who I was as a man. I never and in the gave music up. business, that could be easy for that to happen. Yo, but you're not going to move. Easy, it's, yes, mm. let's stay there. <laughs> let's stay there, right? But, um, but, what, but I think part of, of my conviction is what held me through because I wasn't chasing the fame, I wasn't chasing the fortune, I wasn't chasing the money. I was a worker, I was an earner. So, you know, my, my entry point into the business was radio promotion. So I'm the guy, you know, when you listen to a radio station, people go, I hate hearing this record over and over again. Mm. Well, there's somebody who's selling mm. that opportunity for their artists to the programmer to actually get the music program. And that's how I got into the business and ultimately um, rose through the ranks as one of the top promoters in the business and definitely the premier black promoter in black music. So um, in doing so, that wasn't my objective coming in. But once again, you know, what I learned young also, also applied with the disciplines to move me forward in working a non-traditional uh, piece of product and lasting in the business as long as I did and working at seven different labels. So, you know, that's, that, that's a feat within itself. How much during those years of, of growing, um, like what would you think some of the main lessons you learned about business? Man, I mean, it's, it's, it's so much. Um, the first thing, uh, which was the cornerstone for me, was aligning myself, I, I, I guess by default, with a, with a mentor. So the woman that brought me in, had it not been for her, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to make mistakes. And I learned the value of bringing new people into an organization that it's important to allow people to make mistakes because you don't come on a job and know the job, right? Even if even if you're you're efficient and proficient in an area, you still have to socialize with the people in order to work in the team environment. Um, so what I've done in, in, in my career is as we hired people, we allowed them like a six month training wheel period 
just to get caught up on how we do business. So now they can apply themselves in the way that we need them to perform in our organization. It's not like, you know, you um, playing for the Knicks and now you go, well, you go to the Lakers and go, well, no, nah, this is how we used to play at the Knicks. You can't right. do that. Yeah, yeah. You got to learn the plays. You got to learn the team. You got to know how to work. You got to know the nuances. And that's the same thing in corporate. You have to learn. And then as you become efficient and proficient, then you can start adding your flavor and style and, and, and move throughout the organization. As you, as you build uh, uh, teams, right? Let's talk about teams a little mm -hmm. bit. As you build teams in situations like this, and it strikes me that, that the music industry is probably even a more interesting place to build teams. Cause like I said, because people got different motives. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, if we just selling, you know, copiers, the people coming there to sell copies is mm -hmm. one thing, but in the music business, like I said, is it, you know, for fame? Is it to be next celebrity? All these different things like that. Um, over the years, just being in the industry for that long, you had to have built and you know great teams that had great people around mm -hmm. you. What are things you look for as you brought people onto your teams? Oh man, listen, I talk about that in the book. Um, loyalty, like um, and loyalty to to the team. I don't have you swear oath to me, yeah. <laughs> right? Right. But you have to be able to commit and give all that you have for the success and the win and the benefit of all of us. And ultimately, if if we're willing to carry you as you learn, we need you to help us as we fall also, or we have a bad day, or things aren't working our well, as well as your input. Bringing new people into an organization is important because they have fresh eyes, mm -hmm. right? So now you get an opportunity to see what things that are working, things that might not have been working because they're coming in with a whole different set of uh, objectives as also zeal for the job. So I've always been important for me to, to manage up and manage down the same. So treating the chairman is no different than treating the intern, mm -hmm. right? Everyone's human. And that that has probably been um, one of my most um, valuable tools in working in corporate, corp corporate uh, jobs as well as organizations and putting together my own team. It's making sure that there's a balance that everybody feels it's theirs, not that it's mine, or not that it's theirs, but it's ours together. I love it. Now you just mentioned a book. Let's talk about the book a mm -hmm. little bit. Um, what was it inside of you that said, hey, I've got this story and I got to get out into the masses? So I was in a near-death car accident uh, in 2014 uh, as a passenger, hit a tree at 90 miles per hour. And um, I sustained a level two concussion. That's when you black out between one and five minutes. Uh, L3, L4 vertebrae fracture, bulging disc in my back, uh, lacerated liver, which led me to lose half my blood supply. And um, we hit the tree so hard that it severed two feet of my small intestine. And in that moment, uh, God put a book inside me called On Impact. And Impact is an acronym, which stands for intuition, mastery, pivot, authenticity, connection, and teamwork. And um, it takes the reader through my journey from 11 years old delivering newspapers to modern day where we are now uh, with an undercurrent um, of music. And um, at the end of each chapter, I've put together what I've assembled a hit list. So it's takeaways from the chapter for people to apply to them to their lives. And I feel I'm the person that can tell that story is because I've gone from paperboy to president and then in turn to CEO. So I can meet everybody at their level. I love it. Now, in the in the book, let's talk about the accident for mm -hmm. a second. In the book, you mentioned um, as they were loading into the ambulance, when the doors closed, you heard someone say, I don't think he'll make it or something to that effect. Yeah. When you think back on that, like, 
you know, I don't know, like in the moment, if you grasped that or later on you thought about it, like what does that make you think of? Like when you when you hear those words, it's the value of time um, mm. for me. And it was really interesting um, that you cited that. So that was probably, you know, it's 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 twofold. Right. That's when I went out. And then that's when I was reborn, because the last thing I heard was that moment. Like he's not gonna make it because it when when we hit the tree and they took me out of the car and they um, had me on on the stretcher, this the officer grabbed my hand and it was actually probably the first time um, that I can recognize the transfer of energy, like real energy mm. um, from human to human. Like, you know, your mother gives you a hug, your woman gives you a hug, your man gives you a hug, your children gives you a hug, you know, that means something. You're on the brinks of life. Like I felt his energy holding, like I was holding on to life, holding his hand. And um, as they wheeled me to the ambulance, the back of the ambulance, and he let me go, I felt the energy leave. So as he was holding me, you know, I felt that energy that was necessary for me to continue. And he was reassuring me that I was going to be okay. I was going to be okay. So I felt the energy coming through my hand. I felt his words. I heard his words and I felt all of that transfer. And when he let me go, obviously he had no idea that I could hear him. But as he let me go from the transfer of energy and they hoisted me on to the uh, back of the ambulance, um, he told uh, uh, past, he told uh, the person that was standing next to him, you know, they asked, how is he? And he said, I don't think he's gonna make it. And then that was kind of like the last thing I heard. So I was able to, when I came out, um, was reflection on, one, it was a void because I was in a coma for like three days. And, you know, it's, 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 it's an insane, like when you're thinking about your present and you're really thinking about the afterlife and you're thinking about how, invalu how valuable is, you know, this space and time that we're in. And that's why it's so important to maximize every moment of your life. Like, you know, you plan and planning's important, but if you don't maximize and understand the day, then it's all a waste. You know, I look at life now from a perspective of, you know, this is, each day is just a piece of the collage of my life, right? Mm -hmm. It's not gonna be perfect. You know, at the mm -hmm. end, it's something that people can appreciate, but most important, you know, it's each piece is, is representative of the whole puzzle. So I just got a little profound on it, but you understand? <laughs> I, like it, I like it. But yeah, that's that's the answer to that question. How, how long did the recovery take before you, you know, were somewhat back to normal? So this is this is really interesting too, right? And as black men, um, there's a lot of different answers to that. Um, so I'm gonna hit a couple of them. Sure. So I don't think that I've ever fully recovered uh -huh. and that's not good or bad. Uh -huh. Um, because now it's my story, it's my journey. So it's, it's, it's important, you know, what has happened for me in the, in, in the transformation. The physical aspect, you know, my new 100% is only 80%, meaning like the things that, you know, how I could operate and function because of all of what's, what's transpired. Um, you know, I'm a different man. And, you know, making adjustments, uh, adjustments on being the man that I am and how to now continue to succeed based on, you know, not limitations, but but true life, gotcha, right? Gotcha. Like, like I, you know, at some point, um, you realize uh, you, at forty years old, you probably can't become a heart surgeon, 
because you just can't put the time in. You yeah. may have, you know, desire, aspirations, passion, not enough time, exactly. right? So it's okay, but you can also channel that energy into doing something different and and special. Um, so, um, but but I realized from the mental aspect um, that I was holding a lot of trauma um, in the accident because I never spoke it out loud. And um, I remember going to the uh, insurance company, um, you know, for uh, the uh, while we were for the accident, and the the uh, therapist was asking me questions, just routine stuff going through, and I just broke down and started crying like a baby. Um, because I'd never actually, to that moment, spoke about mm. the incident that really took place. Because, you know, you get in the book, you'll you'll get the, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but like I was literally in a car for a half a mile with an yeah. unconscious driver. And you think about your life and, and death does happen in slow motion. You know, like the first thoughts that came to my mind when when the when the driver was out was you know what my mother had always disciplined us to do is speak to god and the first thing i thought about was lord i guess you know i'm not going to see my family anymore because that whole week i saw every individual from my sister dropped my son off at boarding school he celebrated my father's 70th birthday the day before um you know, saw my mother who had Alzheimer's um, and my wife and daughter were actually standing in the yard when we pulled out. Mm. And then the second thing was, Lord, I guess I was, I'm going to see you soon mm. because, you know, obviously this can't end pretty in, in any stretch of the imagination that, you know, a car without a driver at high speeds in the neighborhood, you know, how is this going to finish? And then the third thing was um, I got mad with God because in that moment, um, I didn't want to die, right? And had I known I was going to die that day, then I would have went to the barbecue, right? Like, ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, I'd have did something. I'd have stayed home. I'd have did something, something different. But I was really glad that God didn't get mad with me, um, and and gave me an opportunity um, to continue because you know I thought about all of the celebrations I would miss. Uh, thought about who would pour wisdom into my children you know, who would take care of my mother. And, um, you know, those things were all pent up that I'd never discussed. So in that moment of conversation, I realized like there was real trauma in me that, you know, um, I needed to figure a way out. And that's where the kind of like the therapy with the book, right, is going through it so it doesn't affect, it only helps, it only promotes, it only helps heal, it moves people in a different direction because now I can speak about it and not mm -hmm. be emotional about it. Yeah, this 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 is good. I got, um, I told you there's a lot of stuff I wanted to ask, so <laughs> I've been waiting. I started digging that book a little bit, I got some questions. Did, did the accident and the aftermath of the accident make you more purposeful? And I asked that because, um, you, you already had had a successful life, so you had mm -hmm. to be driven by purpose mm -hmm. in that before. Um, but for you, was it like Noah just kind of continued the purpose? I was already living. Did it make me more personal? Did it, did it shift things to a different lens? What was your thoughts on that? Yeah, it. Um, I lived a... It's, it's a great question. Like, yeah, my life was purposeful, but not purposed. Mm. Like, having success doesn't mean... Because you, you can do a really good job and you can execute at a high level doesn't mean you love it, right? Mm -hmm. It just means you're really good at what you do. 
just want to retire. They want to take other careers. They do things because you know the fire in your belly doesn't happen. And for me, you know where I was at the business, you know I didn't have that fire in my belly. I'm still operating, earning the corporation's money, but that wasn't. It didn't give me that satisfaction anymore. And and my career path, you know, when I talked about earlier, the seven, I worked at seven different labels, and at each label, I never brought people with me when I went on to something new because what's the purpose of training folks and developing them if you don't give them the opportunity you know it's mm -hmm. always somebody like they go i gotta take mike i gotta take mary i gotta take them well nah let them why are you training them <laughs> right? right aren't exactly. you training them to to grow and and go on in in their route so um i learned um after the accident that i truly did have a purpose and it had nothing to do with what i was doing had i stayed where i was i wouldn't have never met you had i stayed where i was i would have never been able to have this calling card called on impact that that i feel truly that you know moves people's lives when they read it i mean i have people who go a young woman sent me a photo with her son who's 10 years old and she's like he just won't put it down and then i have miss kathy hughes who who um, she did she did the quote on the back of the book. She read the book. I get obviously for her to give the quote. She had, was one of the first people ever to read it. But she said, "Benny, I read it three times in wow. in two days. Like I read the book three times. I'm like, damn, I never read my book three times. <laughs> right? So I didn't know Kathy Hughes had the time to read a book. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Listen, you know, you understand. <laughs> but but and that's that that just showed me like the gamut. Of like you know here's here's yeah. a child and here's a mogul and they have the same experience so mm. that's that's different and that accident was the change to move me in the direction of exactly where I'm supposed to be for whatever's left in the back end you know uh, the back nine of my life I love it um, something else in the book you talked about was relationships mm -hmm. and you had like a, a system that you use that I love I want to talk about we talked about like A B C D. Yep. Uh, can we get get to that a little bit about like like what that means and and how you kind of view relationships? So it's it's you know when I thought about that segment, I was I was thinking of all the stories and and thinking about my life on the people how I view people and allow people in my life. Like there are people who know me who know nothing about me who've been mm -hmm. around me for a long time, but they have no idea who I am because they need to be in a place. Mm. Right. I don't mm. need to expose you like that. Then there are people that uh, I've met quickly and we've ramped up into a whole different level of relationship because of our frequency. Right. And our relationship and conversations and also that divine connection. So how do you judge that? How do you make it? So I, I went in, um, I put those relationships I started with the relationships and then I was like, what's rudimentary that everybody can understand? What's the first thing they teach you in school? A, B, C's, one, two, threes. And that's what I did. So started with the A's, um, which, you know, that's that unconditional relationship, which either could be, you know, a parent, um, it's a blood relationship, or maybe it's someone who's a pastor, a deep, deep-rooted um, person of significance in your life, right? Uh -huh. You know, um, then there's, you know, then there's the B's who might not be blood is the only thing that separates, but, but there are people who are unconditionally tied to you, your success and your journey. And then there are the C's who are really transactional people, right? Which is okay. Like people right. like, 
think transactions are just dirty. It's no, it's important. Get on the phone. Hey, what's up, Mike? What's going on? Keeps you informed. You know, Sheila, what's happening? Oh, yo, you need to know about this. They've never been to your house, right? Mm -hmm. They've never, like, um, you don't pick up their phone. They're not on the do not disturb list, right, when the phone rings. But they're very integral and important on how you move in your life on keeping your network. Because that's all we're really talking about right. is how you frame and you don't you you don't blur the lines. Like you got for me, that's, right. I keep things very specific for me to operate. And these are like, why would you even have somebody, you know, that's them hanger-ons. Those people, I know that's my homie. We done been down 15, <laughs> 20, 30 years. I know him the way he is, but they toxic. And how you wanna grow if 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 all you, you just always running in sludge. And that's important to identify them and let them go because they're never going to be a C, right? They're never going to be an A and B. So why do you have Ds in your life? And that for me is, you know, the pruning process, making sure that I don't have any Ds in my life. Mm, that's good. You know, it's, um, it's interesting because I think about relationships a lot. I think so many people are attached to those deep people that they either grew up with or were born into relationships. Because mm -hmm. you could have deep people in your family too, by the sounds of it, right? Hey man, I wanted you to say that. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I was listening to a good friend of mine one time and they were talking mm -hmm. about the fact that, hey, you know, in life, sometimes people don't get, you get to choose who your family That's is right. too. I mean, have you seen that You're in your Born in your life? family and you choose your friends. Mm. Think about it, you born in whoever they are, that bloodline yeah. is just bloodline. You had no choice in that. Whether you decide to call me back tomorrow, that's your choice, how you gonna open up the door to allow people in your life. That's on you. So you have to be able to judge who you allow in your life and who are you taking out of your life. And both of them are challenging because sometimes it's just the void that you have on why you allow folks that you know aren't good for you, but you let them in anyway. You know that they're not, right? It's already, it's, it's, it's that yellow light, yellow light, yellow light, yellow light. But for whatever reason, either, you know, feeding a void, you know, uh, your ego or whatever is the deficiency that you're looking for that these people bring, you open the door and you want, they don't last. Yeah. And what it does, it can take you off of your whole journey and your purpose and your destiny where you want to be because you just have, folks who are going to bring more folks and more they're going to bring more folks that aren't good for you right it's it's it you know i, I love that because to me it speaks also to kind of being able to quickly clarify and decide where people mm -hmm. line up in your life mm -hmm. um you know what i i think about a lot is i have friends where we've built relationship and we may not talk often mm -hmm. but we just know that hey you're doing your thing if you need me, I'm there. If I need you, we're there. And when we pick up the phone, we can pick back up. We may have talked for a year, two years, right? We can pick back up in the exact same space and go. And at the same time, you can have somebody that's there, like you said, in you know um, your area, just pulling from you, draining from you. Um, and like you said, like if you don't do something about it, it's like, why have somebody that drains your energy? And anything that doesn't add to you takes away. Mm -hmm. And I, it's about that clarity, like like really realizing that and being able to kind of move move beyond it. So what happened with me, which was which was which was very profound, was you know obviously a lot of people when you're in at, at the top of the food chain want access, right? And then there, 
um, you know, people that are standing online who want access. And then you have people that you've already given access. When you go through, um, and I wouldn't suggest for people, you know, hit a tree at 90 miles an hour, right? Because mm -hmm. there's a whole lot of other ways you can figure right. that out, right? You don't have to do that. But what it did show me was, um, you know, as you heard growing up, who your friends truly are. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a friend, actually, she's the one in the book that gave me uh, my uh, condominium in in uh, Hollywood. Um, that was a good she deal. Made, she made hey, I read that part. Yo, bro, but she made me buy it from her. She could have sold it to wow. anybody for a premium. But that's that's that that's that relationship, right? Mm -hmm. That's that that's that B, right? That's that B. She wanted what was best for me. Yeah. She could have sold it for a premium. She could have did a whole lot of things. She said, nah, mm -hmm. Benny, because I was scared. She's like, nah, you're gonna take this. And she charged me two thousand dollars more than cost, bro, for that. Mm. And that one piece of property changed my whole paradigm, right? It changed, yo, like my whole trajectory on how I approached real estate. But when she found out that I was in a crash, she was at a conference in Chicago. And when she found out, she told her boss, yo, my brother is in an accident, I'm leaving, and left. like. Big corporate, corporate, I'm gone, and came to my house and stayed for seven days. Now, there were people that I knew that lived mm -hmm. five miles away from me, didn't come see me, mm. right? There were people who I knew or perceived, you know, right. my mans or my girls, you know, my peoples, my, that didn't put that effort. So that don't mean you discard them, you just know who they are. Mm. And now you gotta know, because now when things is better, you can't come back here. Right. You can't. But that doesn't mean you have to discard them. But now you got you know how to categorize. Correct. Right? And if you didn't know, now you know. And you got to move on that information. We can't always, you know, like, you know, faith people praying for God for answers. Then when they get the answer, like, nah, I don't want it yet, though, God. <laughs> not, not today, though. Show I don't want it. Lord, yeah, Lord, not yet. Not yet, Lord. Not yet, right? But, you know, and but but that's part of our journey and learning and teaching and, and pushing and pushing all of each each one of us forward. So. So I want to ask you, um, like back into the music side of it, because uh, mm -hmm. we have a lot of whether musicians or just creatives in general mm -hmm. that that watch, right? The the climate for uh, creatives, whether it's film, whether it's music, whether it's industry, a lot of things has shifted, right? Over the last you know decade or so, mm -hmm. because of technology, because of social, um, and people have way more access than they did before. You know, I, I went to a uh, high school and talked to some kids in Southwest Atlanta, you know, maybe f uh, four or five years ago. And I was telling them, you know, man, like so many ways, like the gatekeepers are gone for y'all, right? Mm -hmm. I said, um, like it was, it was a guy in the cast that wanted to rap. And I said, you know, if you want to make music, how you make it? He said, you know, I was making it on my laptop. I said, where you make it at? He said, make it in my room or wherever, right? I said, like, then how you get it to somebody? You know, I just put it on SoundCloud or whatever, right? And I said, you realize literally just like 10 years ago, that whole system was different. Locked down. Different, right? Like I, I was telling him, I was saying, like you'd have to go to a production studio, then you'd have to get out of whatever town and go to New York and mm -hmm. be outside of a building right. and <laughs> and begging somebody that's to right. listen. And that's the right. person ain't even a person; they just the person's gonna get it to the person to get it. So, so people have so much access now. Um, when you talk to you know younger people, are they leveraging the access the way you would like to see them? Do, do people even realize how much access they have nowadays? 
I mean, that's... Because it's a lot of power. Like, with the access, is a so, lot of power. So they, yeah, so... And, and I, you know, and I'm trying to get people to realize that we're transitioning from a pick-me economy to an economy where now you can pick yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, like, do people really get it? So, you know, I, I think probably in episodes, you, you speak a lot to your journey. And just think about it from an exponential point. Um, the music business is now... The gatekeepers are, are are gone to a degree. To a degree. Right? So there's the indie perspective versus the major label perspective, which always existed. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just now, you know, the the um there's no brick and mortar music store. Mm-hmm. Right. So now everybody has access to the store. If, mm-hmm. if right, in just root terms. Um, but the problem is in the store paradigm every piece of product that wasn't good, not that all the product that was good (laughs) could go to the store. So there was a weeding out process. Correct. Right? Now you're competing with millions. Everyone has access to the store, but there are millions of people (laughs) who have access. And so you really, if you're not business-minded, and that's where I think artists, part of what we're teaching, and I'm doing a conference for that, is is that you got to do the business first because yeah. what is the purpose of having talent if one you don't you don't monetize right um two when you start to make money you've given your rights away right, right? and um three not preparing for the future and the future may not be you being a megastar it might just be like you're a great writer you know you're a great engineer you're a great producer you're earning money but now how do you make the money work for you yeah. right Hence why you do what you do and exposing mm-hmm. people to all this education, but you can't make them take it. Correct. You can't make them take it. All you can do is make them available to it. And, and ultimately the business now where they are, they have to treat it as a business because what you can do is you can geo target. You can find out like, although we here in Georgia, I put my music out, yo, it might break in Seattle. So guess what? I don't really need to spend no money in Georgia. <laughs> I need to go in Seattle and start breaking back from Seattle and hopefully get to Georgia because it doesn't matter because you know where your consumers are. Where before we just never had that kind of information, right. which is important and valuable in this technological world now, so you know how to spend if you have limited resources. Where do I put my money? Now, you want everybody to know you in Buckhead, but they don't like you, right? <laughs> so why you want to spend your money there, right? And that's and that's where the technology will help folks as they develop in this business, but also you have to be the student, you have to be the student of any game you play, right? Mm-hmm. You just don't come in and be the boss. You know, you have to learn how, whether you're doing it all on your own, which I don't recommend. Right. That's where like the, the, the homie thing or somebody who's vested right. in you, the A's, the B's. Right. Who's investing in you who's going to help you on this. And you're going to share with them. Mm-hmm. You got to be willing to share with them also. And, and that becomes important in, in this climate in the music business because you can make a career but not be a megastar or even a star. You know, you can you can turn over income and, and live a really good life as being an artist entrepreneur and doing something that you have passion and love. So that's what today's opportunity is really about. You know, I I, I love that part and I love that you said that because I don't think, just craves in general, think about that enough, mm-hmm. right? That you can make, I, I think like a lot of times when people dream of certain things, they even dream of, hey, like I'm all the way at the top, 
I'm like all the way at the bottom, right? But in those margins, it's a lot of room for success and you living a life where you do what you love, which is something most people in general, no matter what, like don't get to do. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people go to work every day doing something that they don't like mm-hmm. to do, right? Mm-hmm. Dreading getting out of the bed, mm-hmm. dreading making it. But again, I, I love that like um, one of the things I feel like today's climate does, it gives you the opportunity to, you know, you may not be formed at the Super Bowl, but you can have enough audience to feed you and your family mm-hmm. every day to live a great life and not have to worry about nothing, mm-hmm. right? Um, oh, that's good. That's good. What I also was thinking about, as you said that, um, was the importance of the business part, right? Because a lot of times, like, creatives aren't thinking about the business. They wrapped up mm-hmm. into just, like, the creativity of the piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so I commend you for that. The conference that you're doing, mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Weekend mm-hmm. 2023. Tell me more about that. So it's it's the culmination of of my life, you know, the book being the the literal version of how I became who I am in my exposure and experience, both in business, music, and real life, and also now moving into um, the conference piece is is now giving creatives, business folks, entrepreneurs, because I've been all of those mm-hmm. things an opportunity to grab onto some of the lessons and be exposed to some people who have helped me, some knowledge and information that that you can get that you may not normally able be able to get from people you would never be able to meet. Just like what you said mm-hmm. about like getting in the record business, you'd have to stand out in front of a company you don't even realize you're talking to the intern and they got you like, yo, with the Heisman, right? Like you working the intern and you don't know, that ain't going nowhere. That conversation's not going, but that's your only entree, right? right? So the conference, I'm doing two days of audition, the 12th and the 13th. That's for the music folks um, to be in position to win a $10,000 grand prize on Sunday. Saturday and Sunday, we're doing a whole host of panels, you know, uh, independent versus a major label. Okay. We're doing um, uh, estate planning, right? Nice. Uh, we, we're doing that um, for folks. We're speaking to the crypto space, um, hip hop and spirituality. I have a panel on that um, uh, uh, and a whole host of um, other guests that I have from music companies, from from Def Jam to Warners um, and, you know, people who were actually you know, um, my mentees that are now running these labels that guess what? They get an opportunity. You'll be in the room to to do what? Network, right? And then at the end, Sunday night, those folks who actually auditioned, um, we'll whittle down to about 10 folks who will perform uh, at the grand finale and somebody will win $10,000 to bet on themselves. Mm. I didn't want to give them some bunk, distribution deal, a label deal, that ain't gonna really materialize anything. I wanna give you the money because you know what you need. You know what, I might wanna shoot two videos. You know what, I might need to go pay a lawyer. You know what, Um, I I, I may need to get my taxes straight. Hey, you know what, I need to go pay an engineer. Or guess what, I might need to go get me a publicist. So whatever you need that's gonna help you move forward, you're gonna take that money and bet on yourself to move forward. I love it. And who is this conference perfect for? This this conference is perfect for um, musicians, artists, entrepreneurs, and people who are just trying to figure out their way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I and I and I curated and customized it because if, if you're a musician, it's great for you. If you're creative, it's great for you. But you know, as I created 
the companies, the departments that I worked in, I made sure that people have basic education. Everybody, like in the music business, it's important to know, like people will go from being interns to making hundreds of thousands of dollars. And ultimately some folks went from interns to making millions of dollars, mm -hmm. but they never knew what to do with their money. And ideally, um, part of, you know, what my discipline was and everything that I learned along the way was helping people shape their future. So everyone who worked for me, when you came in in my department, I made you buy where you own. Like you had to buy, you had to own a condo, a co-op, a single family, because ultimately, you know, these are just fast cycle kind of jobs. They're not guaranteed. Mm -hmm. My mother worked at the post office and retired at almost 40 years. Them jobs don't happen, mm -hmm. right? So if you're making six figures, this year, three years from now, you might not, but you're gonna always have to pay for where you live. Mm -hmm. You're gonna always have to drive to get to work. So, you know, teaching people the basic things that they just don't know sometimes, Yeah. right? Because if you're not taught, you only know what you know. So that conference, we giving people all the root basic stuff and a little bit more, right? Um, to help themselves move forward. All right. Tell us, where can they get more information about you, about the book, about the conference? Um, so we can make sure they can get their, their, their hooks and everything. All of my socials are at, at Benny Pugh, B-E-N-N-Y-P-O-U-G-H, um, on Impact. Uh, you, can, you, can, you can purchase the book wherever, you know, you books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, et cetera. And the conference is itsyourtimeconference.com um, is where you can come on, read up, sign up, and, and come on down to Charlotte, January 12, 13, 14, 15, have some fun and meet some great people. Hey, there we go, y'all. So listen, I'm telling you, make sure you get a hold of the book. The book is impactful. It is amazing on so many different levels. And you, you've heard of, look, I don't know if y'all really picked up that Kathy Hughes nugget. Right? <laughs> like, I don't know sometimes, like people don't be knowing sometimes who, who people are, right? Word. Kathy Hughes, I'm talking Radio One, Interactive One, TV One. I'm talking to a publicly held company, right? One of the most successful black entrepreneurs of our time and of all time. Can I Wait, just make one more plug sure. on that? I don't want to interrupt you. But she was the first, not only woman, black woman, but woman to have a, co a company on the NASDAQ. Yes. Right. Yes. So Real when important. Kathy Hughes take the time. <laughs> and read my book three, three times. Three times. Y'all need to go get that book. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get the book. And of course, y'all, like, like really... Get to the conference. One of the things I'm always talking about and I'm sharing is that, um, you know, like, like some of what you just talked about, the great thing about the internet is that everyone can put information out there. Mm -hmm. The bad thing about the internet is that everyone can put information out there. Right. So, you know, it's only so much that you're going to get from YouTube University. And somebody <laughs> got to say it. Like at some point, you have to get in the room with people that actually know what they're talking about, that have actually done the things that you want to do. And that can actually say these are the steps to success. And that is the only shortcut you'll get in life. It's going to happen at the conference. So make sure you get your ticket. Make sure you get to Charlotte. And make sure you are there. Guess what? You've completed another episode of the Traffic Sales and Profit Show. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Traffic Sales and Profit Show. Hey, do me a favor. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe and follow us on this platform right now to make sure you do not miss a beat as we drop new episodes and additional content every single week. Also, if you'd like to get access to a free paperback copy of my book, access to the TSP Traffic Sales and Profit free Facebook group, our challenges, resources, our events, and more, make sure you visit us at www.trafficsalesandprofit.com forward slash podcast.